So the big question is this, how do we overcome stuttering without years of speech therapy, expensive ear devices, or old school methods that don't really work in the real world? And how do we master our stutter so we can become the confident and fluent speakers we all deserve to be? That is the question, and this is the podcast that will give you the answer. My name is Daniel Francis, and welcome to the Master Your Stutter Podcast. Let's kind of get into that. How does commanding a room and sales kind of tie together? Um, cause you know, like, yeah, like kind of like, um, cause I know being a leader, it's, it, this ties into really everything. And yeah. So like, what does, like, what is sales and, and how, how does it tie into commanding a room? Absolutely. So sales really is just the way I view it very simply sales is service. A lot of people think sales has a bad rep and it's, oh my gosh, salesy and sleazy. And you know, this guy tried to sell me this. If you come about sales the right way, it's simply service. Like when I sold that almost three quarters of a million dollar deal, I owned a landscape company at the time. It was a big landscape deal. They had 110 acres. This owner, his name was Fred. This owner had been through the ringer for a decade, trying to keep his property maintained at a level that he was very proud of. And he couldn't find a company to do it. So all I'm doing, I'm not persuading him. I'm not selling him. I'm simply providing a service. And by commanding that sale with confidence and conviction, I'm really just giving him exactly what he wants that's genuinely going to change his life, his business, his his property, everything. So it's really just saying sales are serviced. Commanding a room is service. I, I mentioned it a couple of minutes ago, but it's these people are in a room for a reason. They need something. They need closure. They need happiness. They need business acumen. They need confidence. They need to be able to speak on stages, whatever it may be. They're here for something. So when you stand up on a stage, just like when you sit in a boardroom or you go to ink a contract, that sale, that conviction is service to the prospect. Sometimes public speaking gets a bad rep when people just inflate their egos and they talk all about themselves and I'm so great and I sold this much and I did that, but they don't serve anyone. They just serve themselves hmm. and it's not helpful. People in the audience just feel worse about themselves because they see this massive disparity between here's where this individual is and I'm all the way over here and it almost leaves people worse off than you found them. But when you view it as I'm standing on this stage to serve the audience, whatever it may be, and then you come about your presentation, your confidence, your conviction out of a place of service and love for those listening, that's when lives start to get changed. That's when contracts start to get inked. And you just start by listening. Why is this audience here? What does Fred need? How can I serve them? And there's been many of sales calls where I've had people willing to pay me twenty dollars or $30,000, but they're not a good fit. They're not, I'm not the best coach for them or sales is not the best process for them to get into right now. So out of a place of service, you don't take the money. You say, Hey, you should go this direction. And you point them in the direction that is genuinely going to help them and benefit them. And it just comes from listening. What do they need? And how can I serve them through speaking on a stage or selling them through a contract or whatever it may be that you sell? Mm. And, and I know you kind of like talked about this, but where do people go wrong with this? Like say at the beginning, like if you have to talk to like your younger self or maybe, yeah. or I'm sure you have sales reps, you see that make a lot of mistakes with this. What are the main mistakes that you see in your eyes um, that are simple fixes or 
you know, just fixes that need to be fixed. <laughs> yeah, they don't listen. I mean, it's exactly what I, I mentioned. They, they don't take the time to do the research and think, what is this prospect or what does this room really need? And, and I don't mean these like small little incremental changes. Like I'm talking about what's going to move the needle in the business and make long lasting impactful changes today. What do these individuals need? And that's why Russell Brunson did so well because at 10X GrowthCon, he has all of these digital and online entrepreneurs that need a platform to better sell their services with upsells and downsells and email marketing and all of these things. And when he put it all together with ClickFunnels, that's what the room needed. He took the time to do the research and listen and then build a product that made sense and then launch it in a market. I mean, it was already launched, but present it in a market that they actually needed it. And so when you go into sales or you go into public speaking, it's just listening, whether actually talking to someone and listening to their needs, salespeople get really excited. Oh, we can help this guy. He's a perfect fit. Well, how do you know you can help me when you've never asked me what I need? Are you just assuming you can help me? And then you come off as just another pushy, salesy, annoying salesperson because you want to sell everyone. I don't want to sell everyone. I want to sell the right people that I can actually help. And I can only do that by asking questioning questions, listening to responses, and then crafting the pitch, the offer, the presentation, whatever it may be, in a way that makes sense for them. Mm. Yeah, but you know, my my uh, my fl my flip side question is: Well, what if someone listens too much? Because there, there there has to be a balance of both. Because Austin, you know, you're a great speaker, man. Obviously, you know, it's easier for you to say that. But you know, I'm sure you've seen some sales guys where they all they do is listen, and then they get pushed over. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's, definitely <laughs> a, it's a delicate balance. You know, if you just listen and listen and listen, you end up becoming a friend or almost like a therapist, you know, and yeah, friend zoned. yeah, people don't buy from their friends. People don't ink a three quarters of a million dollar contract with, with their high school buddy, you know, or, or someone they hung out with in middle school. It just doesn't typically happen. People buy from authority because they trust you. Trust is built from authority because they look at you as, okay, this guy's confident, he's convicted, he believes in his product. Like 99% of the time, people don't even know what you're saying because people don't remember what you say, but they will always remember how you make them feel. So when you just speak empty words, it doesn't mean much. But when you speak words that are behind conviction and power and belief, People probably aren't going to remember exactly what you said, but they're always going to remember how you made them feel when they sat there and they listened to that sales presentation. They sat there and listened to you stand on a stage. So it's a very delicate balance of being an authority and stepping up for people, again, out of a place of service. Not, well, you said this and you get combative and abrasive because that doesn't work either, but it's just reminding them of their truth and then bringing them to their identity. Hey, John, you told me this. But now here we are 10 minutes later and you're saying this, that's not really in alignment or in congruency of, of what you said 10 minutes ago. So help me understand. Mm. What exactly do you mean by that? And you do it in a way of asking questions rather than saying, well, John, you said this 10 minutes ago. Now you're flip-flopping. So like, are you lying or what's the deal? Like that's just friction and abrasiveness. And people are like, okay, you know, and they're, they're never going to purchase from you. People will purchase from you and you can close a deal when you sit on the same side of the table as them. And although you're authoritative, you say, let me help you. 
or help me understand so I can help you. You don't sit across the table from them in this heated sales battle. It's like, you know, some people are like, oh, you got to go to war against your prospect. It's like, good luck. Like people die in war. They, you know, you're not going to close sales trying to kill your prospect. Like it doesn't work like that. So yes, it's a delicate balance between coming off authoritative, but when you are convicted that sales are service, it's very easy to do that from a place of love. And there's been many of calls that I didn't close or deals that I didn't ink. And I feel bad. I tell mm. them, I'm like, look, John, like I, I respect your decision. Once you've handled objections, you've gone back and forth. It kind of comes to that point where you need to pull back a little bit. And instead of selling them, they need to now go sell themselves. And I say, John, I, I respect what you're saying. I just, I feel bad because I know that I'm the best coach and this is the best process and this investment makes sense. And I know that an investment of X can turn into Y guaranteed if you put in the work. And I feel bad that you're letting these little, these little bits of fear and anxiety come over you and influence you in the wrong direction. But I respect your decision. It just breaks my heart to see you move in a direction that's in complete unalignment with where you want to be five years from now. And a lot of times people feel that genuine care for them that I literally want to serve them. And they, they always come back. They think on it for a week. They talk to their spouse. They, some people come back eight months later. Dude, you're right. And I've literally wasted the past eight months. I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's go. What do I have to do? Hmm. And then you tell them your price is doubled and they have to pay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, and lose. Yeah. So um, have you taken uh, GCU? What is that? Have you um, have you gone through Grant Cardone University? Like his online platform? I'm guessing no, I have seller be sold. Yeah, of course. Right here that I'm there. halfway through. I have seller be sold. I think this was free on a funnel, and I and I got two of them by accident. Um, so I need to gift one. But yeah, I haven't done anything with Grant Cardone except for seller be sold. Nice. No, you just you just talk. I think like you like you talk that language, right? Because like I've. I've been like, um, like I've, I've gone through his whole university, like, like three, four times. Oh, wow. So the 10X rule, um, seller be sold, be yeah, obsessed yeah. or be average. I don't know if you read those books. I've heard of them. I, uh, the only one I've read is seller be sold. And I'm only halfway through. So yeah, these are for everyone watching. Um, like <clears throat> if you're wowed by what he's saying, there's a sales is and commanding a room. It's very similar. I mean, that's, that's how you set a, you, you can know all the words when you walk into a, a room or with a client, but if you don't know how to actually command the room and have the type of, like, I'm sure everyone's listening right now and they're just like, wow, Austin is, is really um, convicted in what he's saying right now. Yeah. You know, um, I'm certain of it. I, I'm, certain. I'm, I'm certain. I sit on a stage in Vegas and I was talking about how what got me to where I was, was conviction. Like that was the word that I kept repeating because when I joined network marketing, my whole fraternity told me I was an idiot. It's a scam. It's a scheme. It's never going to work. You're never going to make any money. And so it was me against 87 brothers of mine, fraternity brothers, right? And someone who's not convicted, which there was a bunch of people in my fraternity that joined and then got, you know, the masses told them it was a bad idea and they all quit. Well, all of those now work jobs they don't like and they're not happy. And we're talking about this was eight years ago. And that pattern of a lack of conviction has followed in their life. Mm -hmm. Now they're, they're overworked and they're underpaid. They're not satisfied with their family life or their relationships or their friendships. They're constantly unsatisfied because they don't have an unwavering conviction to get them where they want to go. In the face of adversity, there's always going to be adversity.
Yeah, that's the uh, it's a type of like um, it's it's hilarious because we had a similar type of journey, right? Where you just I think we've both dealt with so much um, rejection at such a young age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like so many all the time. Like you had to, I, you know, my, like my mentor told me it's the elephant skin. It's like your, or the rhino skin, your, your skin's so hard. Like, like, it's like, it's so funny. And I think it's, this really ties into commanding a room when you are just, nothing can penetrate you and your beliefs. um, Obviously that can disservice you if your beliefs are completely like, you know, bad, for example. Um, but this really serves you on so many levels <laughs> when you have this, like, no one can convince me wrong. And I'm willing to walk into an, like um, a debate and be like, okay, bro, tell me what you got. Let's hear yeah, it. Yeah. Tell me, tell me why working a nine to five job is better. Please just sure. tell me why I'm and waiting you know, for it. <laughs> sometimes it is better by listening. Sometimes it is better. And I think when I was younger, I had that rhino thick skin and I, everything bounced off of me and I literally could care less, but that also made me come off maybe a little douchey or abrasive where I just genuinely didn't care. Some will, some won't. So what next? Like Ooh. that was it. I'm on the phone with you. You're getting started or you're not. I don't care because I have another phone call in 30 minutes. And that probably wasn't the best approach because I was so convicted that I just didn't care about people. I cared about numbers. And as I've gotten a little older and you know, that was almost a decade ago and I've matured, the elephant or the, the rhino skin has softened a little bit. And yeah. I understand, I don't take things personally, but if I know that I can help you and I can't overcome your objections, I can't show you the light at the end of the tunnel and you go a different way. And I know in my heart of hearts, that's not the right direction. It hurts a little bit. But not to the point where I'm like, I quit. I can't do sales anymore. I'm not speaking on stages anymore. Nobody purchased my program. Like it's not to that point, but it's a place of service where I just have a heart where I'm like, man, I really want to help this person. What do I have to do to show them that this is the best way for them to go? Because I know what it will do for them next week, next month, 10 years from now. Yeah, you still have the rhino skin, but it's a softer rhino skin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah that. I'm like a baby rhino now, <laughs> newborn. He hasn't hardened all the way through. He, he, you know, still but thick if, skin, yeah. but it, it has some soft spots. But but I guarantee if someone pushes you, it could come out again. <laughs> <laughs> we I mean, all have that in us, bro. We all have that in us. There's and and haters and people, yeah. but like. It's, it's the response. I think it's the response is what you're talking about. You might've had more of like a, you could say a douchey response. Yeah. Now it's like, I, I actually care for you. Correct. And uh, yeah, that's cool though, bro. And we, like I said earlier, some people, they should work a nine to five. They shouldn't be entrepreneurs. So like, it's just not for them and that's okay. There's, there's, and we need employees, right? You need nine to five employees to run companies and be assistants. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. My my brother will be an employee, quote unquote, probably for the rest of his life. He is by far the most fulfilled and happiest person I've ever met in my entire life. Mm. And he works for someone else. And he is so satisfied. Not everyone should be an entrepreneur. A lot of people should. I think most people should, or at least be paid on performance. But by listening to people, I'm like, look, man, this probably, this isn't for the faint of heart. I mean, this might not be the best route for you, but when, when people want it, like really, really want it, 
I'm like, dude, this is what you got to do. Here's the game plan. Let's rock and roll. Mm. Be convicted. Stand firm in your beliefs. I mean, I was on a podcast two days ago talking about why entrepreneurs fail. And this happens, why people fail in sales, why people fail in public speaking, especially. They're like half in, half out. And they're like, you know, if I make some sales, I'll keep building the business. If not, I'll go back to my corporate job. They're like, you know, if I do really well and speak on a stage and there's no abrasiveness and it feels good and everything rolls off my tongue and I don't stutter, then I'll keep doing it. But if this is a bad experience, then I'm, I'm out. And they're half in, half out. That's like the opposite of conviction. Conviction is unwavering belief, like you're a mountain, right? Like when the wind blows and it rains and hurricanes and thunderstorms, mm -hmm. the mountain is the mountain. Like it, it's unwavering. It doesn't shake. It doesn't tremble. It doesn't move. Lots of people, especially people half in, half out, they're not a mountain, they're a butterfly. They're going this way and then the wind blows and they're over here and they're called, man, I got to try and course correct. And then they almost get back on track and then COVID hits. And then it's just, they're all over the place and they can never stay in a course. I think of myself as a mountain with my mm. beliefs and my conviction, not to say I can't be persuaded one way and I don't know it all by any yeah. means. I'm always learning and growing. Yeah. But when I know this is right, or this is the right way, or this is the right method, I'm a mountain. I'm unwavering, like good luck trying to sway me out of my convictions. You'd have to be really good. <laughs> we, we could talk for hours, eh? Yeah. We could talk for hours. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome, bro. Um, like there's, like there's so many questions I have for you, um, but uh, we should definitely... We should definitely uh, do a podcast. If you guys, if 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 you guys like this interview so far, I do a bonus interview by the way with uh, with Austin in the All Access Pass. If you haven't upgraded yet, I don't know what you're doing, but I do a bonus interview with Austin where we'll kind of go a lot more uh, in depth in sales training um, and really what is needed to um, you know be a good. Uh, I don't want to say salesman, but just be a good like in my eyes have stability in your life. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. It's like, you know, you're, we're probably both on commission or whatever the case is. Most people are on commission or entrepreneurs or salespeople. Um, but to me, it's like, that was more stability than, than working a job where you're right. guaranteed a salary. Um, Cause at least if I'm performing, I can, I can call the shots on my paycheck. So right. we're going to get a lot more in depth on that idea, which is so funny. It's like the opposite of what people talk about. Commission is less stable, but yeah. in my eyes, it's actually more stable. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have a few more questions. We have a couple minutes left. Um, I, I don't think of too much of this interview. I want to go more in depth with the other interview, but is there any last words that you kind of want to give to the audience, Austin, um, for people that want to learn how to command a room for people that want to really, um, become more convicted in who they are? Yeah, absolutely. If I could leave you with anything, it's this concept of just do it. Stop making excuses and, oh my gosh, this could happen and that could happen and the stage could break. Like people excuse their way out of everything. And then they're 50 and 60 and 80 and they never really lived a life worth living. And that's the most common thing when you chat with people on their deathbed. They wish they did more. They wish they made more. They had more love. They traveled to more countries. They did more. But we literally what if ourselves and excuse ourselves out of living a life that we're truly proud of and we're excited about. And in the moment, we act like it's not a big deal. It's like valid. Oh, well, Daniel, I'm, I'm a little nervous, man. Like, I'll get it the next time. No, you won't. You, you don't even know if you're going to wake up tomorrow. There might not be a next time. This is the right place 
the right time, do it now, regardless of the excuses. Like there's no better feeling than doing something despite adversity, despite nervousness and feelings and lack and scarcity and whatever it may be, doing it anyway. And then you come out on the other side and you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. And that's like when they talk about skydiving, they've put heart monitors and EKGs and things on people and their anxiety, their heart is beating the fastest right before they jump. Like when the door opens and they're on the edge of the plane, I've been skydiving. You, have you ever been? Dude, you need to go skydiving. I'll pass, bro. I'll pass. Dude, you got to go skydiving. And this is <laughs> what I'm talking about. It's, it's just people, their, their, their heart rate peaks at the very top, like they're about to jump. And then as soon as they jump, the anxiety vanishes and their heart rate stabilizes and returns to normal because it's always scarier right before you do it. And then you actually do it. You actually step on that stage. You speak in that boardroom. You ink a three-quarter million-dollar deal, and you're like, oh, that was like, it. Th that was it. And now I feel freaking incredible. Now I'm going to celebrate. And then what it does is it encourages you to do more mm. and more and more. That's why I started making a video a day for 365 days. It wasn't really for the videos. It was to hold myself accountable on a commitment. And then what did that do? It made me want to go to the gym more and then stick to that commitment and then read more and be a better person in my relationships and my friends and my family, like it just compounds over and over, but it takes that first step of just doing it, stop making the excuses. And then it compounds and snowballs into you living a life that's like, wow, I, I did this, like, who am I? Or who was I 10 years ago? It's, it's amazing. That's awesome. Well, everyone just do it, except skydiving. We can talk about that later. But uh, Austin, thank you so much, brother. I will see you in the next interview. And, and again, Austin Medlin, if they want to get in contact with you, Austin, where's the best place to actually reach you at? Easiest way is just on Instagram, A-M-E-D-S-S, -S, Ameds. Easiest cool. way. Definitely go reach out to Austin if you have any questions on training, on mentorship, or, what, or whatever the, the case is. Austin has a lot of value. And uh, he's someone that could definitely help. So again, this is a 30-day speaker summit where we get the best of the best to kind of share their perspective on communication. There's so many golden nuggets for everyone watching this. My advice is watch this twice, you know, especially if you invest into the All-Access Pass where you can watch it for a lifetime. Watch these videos twice. Just because you saw it once doesn't mean you know everything yet. So I hope that makes sense. We'll see everyone in the next interview. Again, my name is Daniel Francis. I'm the host of the 30-Day Speaker Summit. And we'll see you later. Take care. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Now, I don't know if you've seen my free training or not, but you definitely want to check it out. I share my three secrets on how to overcome stuttering and be a confident speaker. So hop on over to MasterYourStutter.com and be sure to watch the training. After the training, you will qualify for a free strategy session with me over the phone. You don't want to miss this. So thank you again and see you on the next show.